welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, Jody, can you come up here for a second? Yeah. Let's welcome Jody, one of our Purpose Group leaders. This is awesome. I know she's looking at me because I didn't ask her. You're amazing, Jody. Thanks. Morning. Hey, can you? Um, so we had Haley Braun here a couple of weeks ago on the Monday night, and um, over the next couple of Sundays, we're going to get some people just sharing um, what happened, um, and uh, just. Be prepared um, in case you get this moment that Jodie's walking in. Um, Jodie, can you share with us what happened on that Monday night for you? Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I just had a, um, a very amazing experience with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, um, yeah, just was working in through and through me. Um, which was amazing, refreshing, exhausting all at once. Um, and then I don't think Sebastian and Pravin are here. No, they're not. They're away. No, but um, they came up the front, but obviously Sebastian couldn't get on the floor, so she sat in, just sat down and it happened to be in front of me and I just felt to lay hands on her and I just the, the amazing power that was going from me through to her was amazing. So... Um, yeah, just uh, um, quite hard to explain, actually, but um, amazing presence in the room. And, um, yeah, just very refreshing, really awesome. good. And can you... Sorry, I'm going to ask a few questions. What was happening with your feet and with your... Oh, right. Oh, I can't even remember what I've told you. <laughs> um, yeah, my feet were like... At one point, I thought I should probably sit down because I thought I was going to fall down but I just couldn't move my feet they were like just pinned to the floor and then I can't remember what I said about my jaw oh yeah I had like all this oh okay (laughs) I had all this feeling just yeah just felt like almost like an electric pulse coming through like round my jaw and I feel I felt that that was the Holy Spirit saying for me to use my words um, to share and to talk with people um, in my work, in my day-to-day life, just to be his, his voice. So good. Hey, Jody, can you pray for us? Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we just praise you. Praise you, Father, for um, amazing encounters. We praise you, Lord, that this is available for everyone. And uh, we just praise you, Lord, as we press into you, press into the Holy Spirit, that you will come in to each and every one of us in a personal way, Lord, yeah. and you'll speak yeah. to us, you'll use us as your hands and feet. Uh, we declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jody. So good. Oh, how encouraging is that, eh? How encouraging. We're going to um, speak a bit on that um, later, not on that, but it will all tie in um, soon. But um, Justin, do you want to sum up the last couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Holy Spirit just got me. Uh, really good. Um, yeah, amazing. We've been in prepare uh, mode since August last year, which is our project uh, to pay off the church mortgage so that we can prepare and build for the future. And the future's anything past tomorrow, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we're thinking present, but also future. And just been pondering, what does it look like to, um, to build and live for a generation that we'll never see? Um, which is quite challenging, but feel the Lord sort of 
inviting us into that space. Um, so we definitely want to do things in our lifetime, but also prepare for the future for the people that we won't see, um, because God's a generational God, and he's into that kind of thing, and he loves it. So that's been great to do and see, and uh, we are now debt-free as a church. So that's great. And not only that, we're about seven grand in the black. Is that what it's called? Yeah, so that's worth clapping as well, which is so good. Um, so that's just, just a great, um, yeah, I believe there's scriptures around that, um, that I think even Paul said that you, you were so willing to give and you far out, out did yourselves. Um, so that's just phenomenal. So um, we're definitely in dreaming and planning mode about what that looks like. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really great. And we had the privilege of having um, Pastor Mick and Ruth Aegis um, and Tim and Bron Perry here two weeks ago. And they shared, they were all on staff here, and they just shared about their, their prayers and their, the sense of what God wanted to do during their time, but also to come. And, and it's great, just the whole, we're standing on their ceiling. Um, but then what does it look like for those that will come to stand on our ceiling? And we want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, but that was great just hearing, like Mick took a, a, like his whole wage, he gave up for a year so that they could um, build the building. And then there was a lot of fighting back and forth because, no, you've got to get paid. He's like, I don't want to. I want to give it to God. And they agreed for like one day and he was full time. I'm just like, that's just wild. Like the level of sacrifice, the level of trust in the Lord, the level of passion for the house of God. That It's not just a church, but it's the body of Christ. And there's still invitations to the, for the full revelation of that this house with people that are like-minded going after the things of the kingdom are his body. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface of what that means. Um, and then that was just great, just hearing their prayers, sacrifice, laying down their lives while having a family to see his kingdom come and his will be done. And, and we're, we're, we're reaping the benefits of that um, and also challenged by it big time. Yeah. Um, and then we had Pastor Mike and Julie last week who were pastoring here for 28 years, um, which was just great to hear again, the sacrifice, the level of generosity um, they, they said to Lee, if, if there's a debt, even if it's 10 grand of, off the mortgage, we want to pay it off. We'll, we'll, we started it and we'll finish it. I mean, wild. And then Lee said, no, let us finish it. Um, you can chip in for the next one. Um, for, for if we build, a, build whatever, um, there's a lot of dreaming and a lot of stuff that we, we want to do and need to do um, in the future. So they can jump on board that train. Um, but yeah, just a phenomenal, special time. Um, and now we get to uh, share just a little bit this morning about um, what we're feeling. Is that okay? So good. Awesome. So we, um, in, in preparing for today and sharing, um, like the Prepare Project has been about you know, the, the practical has been about paying off the mortgage. That's been the, 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 the practical element of that. Except the whole point, which Justin keeps sharing, is it's not just about paying off the building for building's sake. It's about people. It's always about people. And when we were preparing for, for sharing right now, it was all right, we don't have any big vision on what building, where to build or anything like that. That's not on on the radar right now. We've got dreams, we've got ideas, but we're not, that's not for right now. It's like, no, no, no. But what are we preparing in regards to people? Like the building's one element, we need a building. But people's the goal. 
And so what are we doing as a church to prepare for people? What are we doing to prepare for our lives? And I said to him, actually, I think it was James, I said to a couple of weeks ago, I said, no pastor wakes up to go, how can I screw the congregation's theology up this week? Like no pastor wakes up to go, how do I really do a bad job of this this week? Is that every pastor and every leader and every purpose group leader, everyone shares out of where they're at with the Father, out of their understanding with the Father. Is no one in here sees God in, its, in His entirety. It's impossible for you to see God this side of eternity in His magnitude. We all see different facets of who we, He is. We've all experienced different facets of who He is. And we get to share that together and we get to grow together and we get to encourage together. And so we have the privilege up here to go, right, here's how we've experienced God and here's the revelation that we have of God. And we are ahead of my parents. When my parents pastored here, I am a step ahead of them, not out of arrogance, but because their ceiling was my floor. Yeah. And they are super excited that I'm a step ahead of them, that I've experienced God in different ways than they experienced Him. So I've got what they had and what they taught, and then I've got my own to add mm. on top of that. Yeah, I mean, I was walking with Bella out of the school um, the other day, and, and I said, what's the doctor going to say about your arm? And she said, they're going to say, it is healed. Um, and then she went, she went a bit crazy. She goes, not is going to be, will be. <laughs> And a bit theatric, gets from Lee, obviously. Um, but, but, um, but seriously, like, she was... And I said to her, I said, oh, my goodness. Like, and, and then she goes, why weren't you um, healed when you had your arm? Because we had similar breaks, similar place, just weird. Um, I was 14, she was six, seven. Um, but she said, why didn't you get here? I said, we, we didn't know. We didn't know. Like, we didn't know. We didn't know it was fully available for us right then to the degree that we do now and she's gonna and, and it's not saying that we can't keep growing because oh man we're we're pressing in yeah yeah we're, we're pressing in so they're gonna have to go even further than we might go oh well, of course they're gonna go because what we're seeing now right now they're gonna see more but we've still got a bit of time left so we're gonna press in for way more so they're gonna have to see way more but she will yeah right. yeah like, what she's walking in now is way further than what we were walking in. 100%. And that's the way it should be. So it's not better, but we're stewarding. Yeah. So, so we're stewarding the revelation that God has for us. And it's not about better. It's not about moving on. It's not about they're doing it better. It's about adding. Adding, yeah. It's about adding. Peter talks about it. Let's add faith to brotherly kindness. So we don't just stay at brotherly kindness. Let's add um, bravery. Let's add these, all these things. It's not, it's not either or. Yeah. Like Peter McHugh says, it's and both. Yeah. It's adding. Yeah. And we get to do that. We get to add on to what they have sown and built. So I want to read Hebrews, and then you can continue if you want with that thought. Um, Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Again, popular scripture. So easy to come accustomed to it, and familiarity sets in where we, we go, oh, yeah, I know that. But again, there's revelation, there's impartation every time we, we read the Scriptures for what he wants to do. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I mean, sit on that and just ponder what that actually means. It's not just words. There's a spiritual reality there. It's not just a nice thing talking about the past. There's actual presence on this and 
Yeah, I don't want to go too deep with it, but we could because we don't have time. But therefore, since we are surrounded right now by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hind- throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, wow, and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross. So he saw ahead. He saw future generations ahead. He saw what the, 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 the generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation after generation would be able to walk into, but there was this cross deal that he had to endure for that. He had a legacy mindset. He had a future generation mindset. It wasn't just about the here and now. It was long-term, long game, building and adding and and encouraging, exhorting the church to to grow and evolve and glean and not just stay where we are and say, this is it, this is it, and I'm going to die on this hill, but have humility and embrace mystery and add our revelation to it. And then what we see is a glorious church moving forward. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's opposition and obstacles and challenges and pain and and crap that we go through. But I love what Chris says, vision gives pain a purpose. Vision gives pain a purpose. Jesus had a vision and it gave the pain a purpose. The generation, it's a big deal, the ceiling and floor. It's a big deal. So we get to foster this as a church is when we talk about prepare, it's not just about a building. It's about what are we preparing spiritually? What are we preparing? The legacy that's going before, that's coming after us. What are we doing? And that's a big question. It's a big call that we all need to think about. You know, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. It's massive. And we're not just talking about babies being born. We're not just talking about children. We're talking about baby Christians. We're talking about people that don't know God and they get to piggyback off our understanding, off our revelation, off our intimacy, off our connection, off us seeing him rightly. They get to piggyback off our testimonies. And so that is a huge responsibility and a huge question that we get to ask ourselves, what does this look like for me personally and what does this look like for me as Echo Church? That this isn't something... Yeah, Yeah. it's too... Yeah, it's personally and corporately. Yeah. You're right. That this isn't something that we take lightly. Justin and I don't take this lightly. This is a big question that we're processing and pondering. What does this look like? Yeah, so the the, the personal... Because it's not just this whole what we're talking about this morning, it's not just our responsibility. Yeah. Overarching, yeah, there's a level of responsibility about being clear and, and, and living a life that models what we're talking about and, and inviting people into and empowering and, and wanting others to grow and learn and lead. And that's all true. And we're growing in that. Um, not where we want to be, but we're growing in it. Um, but we've all got a responsibility We've all got a responsibility to twofold, prepare our hearts to, to build a, so that he would, so that, I'm going to say this, we have a responsibility to prepare our hearts and lives according to what he's done and what he's made available so that we would prepare it in such a way that we would have the audacity to believe that everything he said, he wants to come to pass this side of eternity. Yeah, yeah. So we can actually, like he meant on earth as it is in heaven, but it's got to be tangible, practical and measurable every day. 
It's not a pie in the sky, otherworldly. It is otherworldly, but it, but he wants it to manifest practically, yeah. tangibly, and measurable. Yeah, yeah. So there's a preparing that he's doing now. He's doing a deep work, and he's inviting the church into a deep work of intimacy and seeing Jesus, yeah. and putting Jesus back in yeah. on the scene to make Jesus famous, that we're not just crying out for a move of the Spirit, we're seeking Jesus and that happens when we seek Jesus. Yeah, so Amen? So we're all, we've all got a responsibility because we're all the church. It's yeah. a sent out assembly that's gathered together to reflect and represent who he is. So we're, we're, we're all responsible to prepare our own hearts so that he would do a deep work in us according to what he's made available. Yeah. So that's a, that's a personal stewardship, yeah. you on your own when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're responsible for that. But then out of that health, we get to join a community yeah. that we feel the Lord's called us to. And then when we get to bring our gifts, we get to bring our grace, we get to bring our humility, we get to bring our sacrifice, we get to bring our selflessness to the party, to the team, and the eye gets involved, the ear gets involved, the ankle, the foot, the, the pelvic. Oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? The pelvis. Um, but but, but the, whole, the whole, every part, every person has a special place in the body of Christ. Yeah. So we've got a responsibility personally. So if we don't steward that, then we're no good to the body. Because we don't want a bung hand. With a healthy body, because we want the full functioning body, like Ephesians 4.16 says. Healthy, growing, and full of love. Come on. So this corporate and personal stewardship, because you're not only a steward and responsible for yourself, but for who you are in the body. Yes. And what you bring to the body, which is weighty. Like, what do you bring to the table? Not so that our vision gets done. So that you get to, because you're a masterpiece. Yes. You're his workmanship, created in him to do good works. So your life is meant to shine Come on. among stars. As we hold out the word of life, Paul says, like he wants you to be a part of this, yeah. to bring your special gift and grace to the team, to the body. And we want to learn and get better at how we, 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 we treasure hunt and bring it up. Mm. But you're so important. To the move of God. Yeah. So something that really stood out for me over the last couple of weeks was the legacy that especially mm. Mick and Ruth and Tim and Braun and Mum and Dad laid. Um, because they did it for us today. They prayed it. They went the extra mile for us today. And God's, you know, Tim Braun on the mission field, Mick and Ruth are in Sydney, Mum and Dad are in Townsville. But they laid that for us today. Yeah. And so the question is, what am I adding to that? What are we adding to that? What is this group adding to that? Because hearing those the last couple of weeks, and if you haven't heard the podcast, I'd highly recommend you do. But hearing what they did, hearing their story and their testimony and their belief for the next generation and their goal for us today, just I was dumbfounded by. And I went, what am I doing? I can just celebrate, woohoo, we're debt free and the prayers that they prayed and the prophecies we're seeing out worked, but what am I adding to that? Mm. Like I don't just want to sit here and then pass on nothing greater to the next generation. What am I adding? Yeah, that's really good. Psalm 145 
uh, verse 4, it says, One generation will praise your works to another Come on. and will declare your mighty acts. Come on. I love it. Yeah. Another translation says, One generation will commend your works to another. So it's like a, a baton passing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a... He did it with us and yeah. he wants to do it again because it's his nature to do yeah. so. So here you go. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big yeah. deal. When you just talk about our house and, 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 the, and the, the adding. So and when the... we bought our house, for those that have been there, you probably are aware, but when we bought our house, it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house with four of us. And it served the previous owners really well. They had it for a long time. There's only been two previous owners to us. And so it's an, older, it's an older house and it, it did really well and it did the job for them. But when we moved in it, it wasn't going to serve our life well. So we didn't knock it down, we added. Yeah. We added onto it, we extended it. We now have three bedrooms and two bathrooms. Like we added onto that so that we could thrive in that space, so that that could become our home, so that, that could, we could leave our mark on that. And then, you know, whoever in decades to come when we may, maybe sell, then the next people will do what they need to do to add on to that. But just as practical as that is, we have that opportunity to do in here today as Echo Church. Yeah. We get to add on. We don't demolish. We don't delete. The pastors that went before us, you go, well, they didn't know about this. No, they didn't. They did the best they could with the facets and the understanding, the revelation that they knew of God. And we now get to add on to that. We now get to celebrate the breakthrough that they did have, celebrate the wins that they did, celebrate what they carried. And we now get to go, and this. We now have a greater understanding of healing. And this, and this. And we get to add upon that and build upon that. Yeah, and I, I wrote this down and I said it earlier, but what if we began to live for a generation that we will never see? Yeah. And, and, there's, and, in, and when people hear that, it's, there's a, often a, a missing out that we can grab. Like, oh, but what about my life? What about me? I want to see this. And, and that's, that's a fair thought and it's a fair uh, comment but I wrote, I, I, I wrote down there, if we live for a generation that we will never see, then we will actually see way more than we ever imagined. Yeah. Because yeah. the kingdom's often upside down to the way yeah. that we think. Often we just think it's linear, but it's round and round, up and down, backwards, left, right, all around. Like, it's wild. Yeah. And the way that he works, I mean, the, the, the root of it all is agape which is a selfless, active love, a selfless, sacrificial, active love, it's not passive. So he's invited us. We love him because he first loved us. So the encountering agape provokes something inside of us to live the same. I think 1 John 2, 6 says this crazy statement, anyone who claims to live in him must live like Jesus did. I mean, that's heavy. But, in, but, but again, religion demands you live like Jesus. Grace enables. enables. Yeah. Yeah. Kindness enables. There's a drawing in. Yeah. So he's not demanding you live like Jesus. He's inviting you to it because he modelled what was possible. Yeah. But what if we live, what if, we, what if all of our lives, if we repositioned, if we, if we had a paradigm shift to live for a generation selflessly for a generation that we wouldn't see. It's a wild thought. Knowing that if we do, 
then what we will see before we end, whenever that is, will be more than we could ever ask, think or imagine. Because there's something about activating that selflessness and sacrificial active love that Christ is and becoming love rather than just a Christian idea or thought, but what does it look like actually to become love and then live for a generation that we would, wouldn't see? Yeah. So the preparing, the, the building, like when we're living stones, we're preparing ourselves, guys. Yeah. We're preparing the church, yes, but the church is made up of people. So what are we building for? What are we preparing for? I love this quote. A society grows great when old men plant trees in whose, in whose shade they shall never sit. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah. And the more we see him, the more we yeah. become at peace living this type of life. Yeah. Where it's eternal, not temporary. Yeah. And it's challenging. Yeah. It's challenging. So we've got the questions is who are you preparing for? Who are you building for? And maybe it's for your children. Maybe it's for your unsafe family. Maybe it's, maybe it's for work or whatever it is. Only you can answer that. But who are you preparing for? And then in that, like if I look at me practically, I go, all right, well, my kids are the first initial response is I'm preparing for them. And so I've done some um, hard yards in preparing for them. I've had to fight battles so they don't have to fight them. I've had to step into spaces because I want them to have the victory because I've done it for them. I want them to live in freedom because I've had to cross over in lines. I've said this before. I didn't have sex before marriage. Do you think that was easy? No. I did it so my children, I did it consciously knowing my kids are going to walk in that victory. And that's not something to put anyone down. Yeah, he redeems he re- correct. everything. But I did it consciously saying, I'm going to fight this battle that's great. so my kids can stand on that victory because purity means a lot to me. What other victory, what other battles have we had to face so our kids can stand on that, so that our unsafe family can stand on that? My granddad at 97 became a Christian and his walk with the Lord is phenomenal. And he's only one, one and a half years in. And his faith is strong, not because of anything other than he's standing on my father's ceiling. My dad speaks to him every week and encourages him. He is reading his Bible through every year. He's probably doing better than most of us in the room. He was at Nicky Gumbel. He does his Nicky Gumbel Bible in a year, 25 minutes every day. And he has that victory because someone paved the way for him. So who are you preparing for and what does that look like? What does that look like for your life? How does that come out for your life? And I love that Justin said, you know, if we're preparing for the generation to come, whatever that quote was that you said, it was really good. But <laughs> what was it? I've got to read it. Which one? Uh, one of them. No, no, no. The tree one with the shade. That was a good one. It was a good one. Oh, that's the enclosing. This is why I don't have notes. I could never find anything. Hang on. It's the, the preparing for the generation, but yet it affects our life today. But you worded it so much I better than it. I did. You deleted it. Yeah, because it was doing my head in. <laughs> I was recreating the order because we're all over the place. <laughs> it was if we, if we would um, 
if we would live our lives for a generation that we couldn't see, yeah. then we will so see good. more than we could That's ever right. dream or imagine. Yeah. We will see it. Because if we're actually going intentionally, here's the breakthrough, yeah. here's the foundation, here's what I'm going after. I want my life to see signs and wonders, so I'm going to go after that. I want that facet of God to come alive in my life. So if that's the part that we want to pass on to the next generation, then we're experiencing that today because we actually need breakthrough in that for them to actually be able to stand upon it. It's one thing to say, I want my kids to see miracles every day. And if that's all I ever say, we could go, great idea, but it's not going to become a reality until I have the breakthrough so they can actually stand on it. Otherwise, they're going to be doing the hard yards. They're going to be doing that for then the next generation. So we get to experience the very things, sorry, you want to talk. We get to experience the very things we want to see, the very things that we want to go after, the very things that you want to see happen in your life to pass on, to to be a ceiling. You get to experience that to some degree now. That's so good. Yeah, because, I mean, we want them to experience it and you want to experience it. I mean, it, it sounds so simple when we say it like that. But you can only pass on what you model. That's right. And experience. That's right. And the old, you can't give what you don't have. It's wild. I want to read 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 15. That was excellent. Thank you. Um, I planted the seed. This is Paul. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. <laughs> So good. It's just a dose of humility. But only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Verse 10, by the grace, Paul, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. Think about that. Just that. Pause that someone if we forget. Build with care, build with care, build with care. Come back to that. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver and costly stones... If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day, the day of judgment, will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even through only one escaping through the flames. Now, I've probably preached on this years ago and made it intense and heavy and, and wild. Sorry, Jesus. Not sorry, Jesus, but sorry, Jesus. Um, but it's still true. It's still true. We're, we're building. What are we building on? Temporary or Eternal. I love the temporary as much as anybody, guys. I love holidays, golf, tattoos, massages, hot springs, coffees, music concerts that are in the family budget. 
I, lo- I love all that stuff. I love taking the kids to Disneyland. I, I love, and I'm not saying all of that's wood, wood, hay and straw, but I've got to live with eternity in mind, with legacy in mind, with building for a, a, a generation I won't see in mind. So I've got to continually come to the Lord and allow him to see me constantly and come to him as a builder in his kingdom, as a living stone, precious to him, building on the cornerstone. Come on now. And and, and I get to allow him to speak and touch and highlight how am I building? Hey, 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 foreman, how am I building? Are the materials I'm using according to the plan? Is it according to the design? Is it according to the blueprint? You've got, you you, you see what you want to see. You've said it. All my heart's desires. I want to come out through my people this side of eternity. There's a blueprint. And it's an ever growing blueprint of us discovering what it looks like. But he's invited us to see it. We can't see it unless we're with him. Because he reveals it when we're with him. But how am I building? What materials am I using? Is it temporal materials? I want to allow Holy Spirit to come in and go, hey, dude, that's straw. But but the golf doesn't have to be straw. It can't be straw only. (laughs) If my heart posture is building for eternity. My heart, it's probably more a heart posture thing than getting weird about tomorrow's straw, yesterday's, I was at church, so it must be gold. No, no, that gets weird quick. It's a heart posture of yeah. what am I building yeah. for. Yeah. 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 It's really important. So what are the specific things that we want to prepare for? Personally and corporately. This is your big... Come on now. <laughs> no, she's passionate about this. You've, you've covered it a little bit. Um, yeah. So, um, do you want me to talk corporately? Personally. Uh, all right, let's just go personally for a second. Is that everything that you have, everything that you carry, everything that you've had breakthrough and equity and, and um, revelation and all the rest. Can I just say, sorry, Sorry, I'm a bit off guard here. Can I say how important our theme is for this year? Our theme of at the table this year, us seeing him, worshipping him, loving him, exalting him, praising him, not for what he can do, but for who he is. Like this is a big deal. This is a big deal. And look, honestly, if this is all I leave my kids, I, we are winning. Them knowing him and seeing him rightly and giving him their attention and their love and, and adoration, that's the biggest thing we can pass on. And that wasn't even planned. Like the theme is amazing. But the more we unpack it, the more powerful it gets, the more we go, oh my goodness, this is so much more important than we thought when we first announced it. This is a a, a foundation that we have to lay really well for the next generation. Because if all all our children get is miracles, which is great, if all our kids get is, um, you know, all the blessings of Christ, great. If all they get is His hand, great. But if that, that's all great, but if it comes at the cost of not seeing Him, we've missed the mark. We've missed it. 
We need to pass that on. And what does that look like when you're at home with family? And what does that look like when you're at home by yourself? And what does that look like when you drive in the car, when you're at the workplace or when you're at the gym or whatever you're doing? What does seeing Him rightly look like in our everyday life? What does worshipping Him look like in our everyday life? Not just on a Sunday morning when the band plays a couple of songs, we get to sing the lyrics. What does that look like every day? And we get to pastor and we get to set that foundation and we get to add that on and grow that in our lives today. So that our kids get to experience that. It is not uncommon for Bella to say, can we do worship tonight? Because we are stewarding, worshipping Him. Because we are modelling what it looks like to worship Him to see Him, to have Him involved, to have Him included, not on a Sunday, but seven days of the week. It is so important. So we've got that. That we get to steward personally and corporately. What else is a church corporately? Do we want to see? What cultures do we want to bring in? You're better at the culture side. What culture? What foundation? What do we want to see happen in this place? And it may seem massive. Like, and I said it when probably on one of our first Sunday mornings five years ago in Sharing Our Heart. I want to see marriages thrive. Divorce is not, a, not something that we're we're partnering with. I want to see health, sickness go. Like I want to see things that the world says are impossible, that the doctors say, you know, just just use precautionary. I don't want to use precautionary. I want to go, what does God say? And what foundation are we setting? What are non-negotiables in your life that you get to steward and pass on? What are non-negotiables? For me, church is a non-negotiable. I know, I'm hitting that one. It's a non-negotiable for my children. Studies out of the US have come out. Have you seen them, Liam? This is my friend Liam, our friend Liam. Pastors of Sanctuary out east. Amazing pastor. jet. But the importance. Jet's amazing, by the way. (laughs) The importance. There were three three things that came up in these studies for children. I'm just going to, parents, listen up. Three things, please, you can do for your kids. They asked the question of of adults, how did you keep your kids in the faith when they went off to university? And all of them, three things that came up. We talked about Jesus in the home. He was present in our home. We, we, we included him in our family life. Church was a non-negotiable. They had church friends. They had church mother and fathers. They had people in church speaking into their lives. And the third one was it prayer. Now I've forgotten. I've got to go back and listen. There was a third one that equally was the same. And they said 67% more likely to follow in the faith with this foundation. Non-negotiables, family. What are we doing at home? 
What are we doing in church? What are we doing in building relationships and connections? That was it. Friends, good friends. Church, family, good friends. What are we doing to foster that for the next generation? You do culture, you're better at it. No, it's, it's great. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's allowing him to, to be the one leading. Yeah, come on. And, and I think we've done a, a pretty good job of, of understanding sonship. And we could ever unpack that message of righteousness and that he's proud and pleased before we do anything. He modelled that with Jesus before Jesus did anything. This is my son who I'm well pleased before the works. So we're loved before works. We don't do works for love. We do them from love. Because we want people to encounter the same love. We want to bring Jesus glory because we love him. Yeah. So that's... But there's something about... Yeah. Preparing our hearts in a way that we're allowing him to lead and and God and we say it like we like you know the sermons like let 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 Jesus take, take the, the wheel, wheel again <laughs> but it's like like and I, even for my own life like I, I've told people I think we're just in a season of giving up not the church but just giving up <laughs> like mm, nah <laughs> It's always, a, it's always a temptation, isn't it? It's always a temptation because um, it's challenging. But, um, but yeah, just this, I'm going to try and re- fumble through this. There's just something that the Lord's doing, I think, in us. I, all I can speak on is, is here, um, is, is just giving up, letting him take over. Like another level of that. Yeah. But it's rooted in sonship. So yeah. it's not a dema- like you, you're no good. You, you must decrease, so he must increase. That, that is true. But it's not in the way we might, we might have read it through yeah. the lens of punishment. Yeah. Through the lens of, yeah. oh, I'm always no good. No, 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 he made you good. Yeah. <laughs> Holy, blameless, above reproach. Like positionally, who you are. It's not just a legal thing. It's like he's, I love it. Who said it? You probably said it. When he looks at you, he doesn't just see Jesus. Yeah. And you're the worm behind Jesus. He sees you. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> your nature's been changed. That's it. So that's the position. Yeah. This is how we can read those, what are we building on, temporary or etern- eternal. That, that's how we can ab- absorb them and embrace that kind of teaching. If we read that kind of stuff and laying down your life stuff and giving up and decreasing and letting him take over with the mindset of, I'm an orphan, then we live in pain as a Christian. And sometimes it's better just to, just to give up and just go out there. <laughs> because we're just in this dual-minded pain of trying to discover who we are. Yeah. And it's painful. Like, I'm just never good enough. It's like, he's like, there is no condemnation for those in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're thinking condemnation, what the heck are you thinking? Because mm. it's not normal. That's the position. That's the foundation. So when we're talking about giving up, I'm like, man, I mean, Jesus said this stuff. And I'm like, if we read these next two verses outside of that, we'll go home and condemn ourselves. 
actually agree with the condemnation that comes and the accusation that comes. But like this, this is where I feel where needs to be embraced in order to build and prepare for those that we're not going to see. You with me? Yeah. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. These scriptures get manipulated really easily and have done so. And I've twisted them in the past. But the heart of these messages is an invitation to life. Yeah. To what matters to him. I love what Paul says in Philippians. Find out what really matters. Ephesians 5.10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Yeah. Tashi, you better jump up. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah, Ephesians 4.16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Come on. That, that's the heart. That's our heart. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Jesus. Lots said today. Mm-hmm. Lots been happening over the last few weeks. It's just phenomenal. Like when we just look at the, the, the grand picture of life on earth and then eternity. I mean, this story's been going 6,000 odd years. And, and we're, we're, we're playing a small part of it. But it's a significant part. I mean, you zoom out of where we're seated right now and you zoom back a fair way, you know, above, above the atmosphere and, and looking down on, on Australia, on Melbourne, on Dingley. But then you keep zooming out and then planets start to appear and stars start to appear and, and just beyond the, the ones that we learn in primary school, these ones that... Just the size comparison to the ones we've learnt. It's just outrageous. And we just keep zooming in galaxies and galaxies and galaxies. And, but we're still on the ball. We're still on earth. And he chose to include us in his story. And as we just entered a time of encounter with him, a time of, of looking towards him, however you do that, whether it's staring at me or closing your eyes, it's cool. But he's included you on purpose in his story and chose the continent, the family, the, the era, the year, the decade that you were born. And he piled grace and gifts in you and on you. And he, and he released grace and kindness so that you could have the ability to see him and have faith. 
What a God. Gave you grace so that you could have faith. Which enabled you to become a son or a daughter of the King. And it doesn't end there. But his, his story continues. And it's about continually seeing Him rightly and allowing Him to see us rightly. He sees you rightly, but there's a whole other thing of knowing that He sees you rightly according to the cross and what He did. And then when we see ourselves rightly according to Him, we start to see graces and gifts and special abilities that He put in us. And we get around other people that call us up and encourage. And we... We give ourselves to Jonathans who remind us in the middle of pain, you will be king. You will be king. You will not die. You will conquer. You will lead. You will do great things. And we allow those relationships to grow. And we start to see the story of God unfold through our lives with the context of laying it all down so that He would use us and continually build His story generation after generation and I'm okay with that because there's some big things that not a lack of faith but I don't think I'll see like a reformation of the prison system where it's kingdom rehabilitation I don't know if I'll see that led by Christians and, and like transformation happen in hearts in prison and the world's greatest leaders come out of prison. I don't, I don't know. But we can take steps towards that that a generation might see. So Jesus, we thank you. Let's stand to our feet. Yeah, so we thank you, God, for this moment. We thank you, God, for this question. What are we doing? to build and prepare? What's our intentionality? What's our part to play, God? So I pray, Holy Spirit, that this week You're going to stir in us, that You're going to speak to us, that You're going to challenge and encourage us to be intentional with what You've placed in our hands, to be intentional with what You've placed in our lives, to be intentional with the foundation that we've inherited and we're walking on. So we thank You, God, for Your presence, for Your unconditional love and Your peace that comes. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen.